I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Steve. Welcome back. Good to be back, man. You're looking good. I have to say a compliment. Let's start off by the compliments. I am enjoying the growth that's going on on your your whole head, My head, the hair and the beard. You know what? Well, the beard will be trimmed soon. That's just laziness. But soon, for the first time in many years, I, I cannot remember the last time I, I actually like was able to brush the side of my hair. But soon, soon there will be direction on the side of my hair brushing, which uh, which it's looking good, man. Which I'm looking forward to. Well, it looks good when you when you groom it, but when it's when it's unwieldy or when it's when it's wild it's a bit all over the place but i don't care i'm starting to get people telling me to shave my head which i actually think is just rude people sort of yeah that's <laughs> out, of, out of nowhere just going you need to shave your head man yeah it's funny is this on social media sometimes people think that they're opening conversation with you on social media for a bit of crack and sometimes you feel like going yeah that's kind of insulting what you're saying there. oh i tell you what i and they don't mean to be I hate man People, it's all—it's always women. Message me and say something like, "You don't seem as happy the last couple of days. Is everything okay?" <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like. Uh, now, don't like, get me wrong. I love the interaction on Instagram. I'm—I'm I'm not dissing yeah. my Instagram followers, but just like trying to, trying to feel like you can gauge on where I'm at emotionally uh, and spiritually based on yeah. like my my eight to fifteen posts a day is just ridiculous. Yeah, you know? yeah. I know it's funny, and also it's like I—I I don't know if people people get because don't get me wrong i love the interaction as well but i i you know i i personally definitely turn something on when i'm doing social media and stuff like that, that i'm i'm not like that the, the rest of the day like do you know what i mean yeah it's yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's not the normal me and then a, a lot persona. of a lot of people said uh you're, you're a lot happier since you got the dog and it's like i was <laughs> I, I i the dog has been great don't get me wrong like the dog has been absolutely yeah. great but my 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 unhappy posts and my happy posts are just like things that I think will be funny, you know. Like it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. like a real, it's not, a, it's it's not a real representation of how I'm feeling, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's funny because we do when we watch movies as well. You tend to project your own emotion onto the onto the movie that you're watching and what's going on. So people are definitely going, and me included, going, "Poor Des is out there in his own now in the Hamptons and blah." And then you get the dog, and everyone's like, "Oh, thank God, thank God, he got the dog." <laughs> and I was totally fine on my own the entire time. It was just yeah. just an adjustment, like like everybody, you know, just, just yeah. you know. But the, but the being on my own part was. Uh, was absolutely fine especially now that i have uh especially you, you get you get your little routine like I, I i don't know how i'm gonna get out of my routine yeah that's the thing yeah once jobs start coming back and we have to start things are being imposed on us again where we have to do a job or we have deadlines and all that kind of stuff we're all gonna be like ah oh, fuck that <laughs> i was happy not knowing what i was doing <laughs> well i got a good one i got one i'm not gonna give away too much because it's uh it's it, well it's like not you know it's not official information or anything and it, and it's also may come to nothing, but I have been working on this script for quite a while, and 
we're now we're now properly preparing the the pitch for this for this script but i have somebody i have like a proper american showrunner in to help myself and my my writing partner um amazing yeah so but i mean you know it 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 may come to nothing but we have a good we have a good company behind it and uh so please god now uh we'll uh it, it, you know, please God, it'll get picked up. But I mean, all that aside, the thing is that it actually feels like a proper job. I mean, these podcasts totally. have felt like work, uh, like work in a good way. And other things that I've done have felt like work. But at the same time, they did feel like uh, things that I was doing to pass the time, whereas this actually yeah, feels like yeah. a real job. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's true. That I mean, something like that is going to give you big deadlines, isn't it? Yeah. You got to work to that. And you got the dog. That's like that dog's got a wee. So that gives you routine as well, you know? Yeah, man. The dog is more of a responsibility than I was expecting in that. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, 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 there's just like because because she's a pit bull, I, I, I just want to make sure that she's the, the best uh, dog that she can be so that we don't encounter any problems she is terrible with other dogs i have learned that so i have started to google uh trainers because oh god so she have you had some interactions with dogs already yeah always on leash though so i don't know if it's just leash aggression or if actually she's just aggressive with other dogs but i'm not going to take her off the leash to find out so i have looked <laughs> yeah, up right. but it's hard to it's hard to get an obedience trainer in a pandemic you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that would be some that would be some good instagram live shit oh, jesus if she fair. ever i mean she's never going to attack a, a human she's very good with humans which is great thing well i'm not going to say never but if she ever attacked a human i would blame coronavirus if they were dead you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another covid19 death not a pitbull death yeah bill burr went through that whole stuff as well with it with his pitbull as well and it's just like oh did they he get very attached to the owner oh bro yeah yeah he's still heartbroken what was, about he, what, it, was that, he, what was he saying well, he, I mean, this is a story that kind of went on for years and he talked about it in some of his specials and stuff. But he basically, um, he he got he, it was tough at the start because his uh, girlfriend, now wife, bought the dog and she was like, oh, it'll be great, it'll be, it'll be, um, it'll be great. He was out on the road when she bought the dog and she was like, oh, she's so friendly. The dog is so friendly. When you come home, she's going to love you. And he's like, what are you, fucking nuts? I'm going to be a stranger to this dog when I turn up to the house. It's going to fucking attack me. So he spent a week of trying making friends and all that kind of stuff. And then he realized, they, they, they bonded, they got super close. And he was out hikes with the dog every day and all that kind of stuff. But realized all the stuff that you got, it would not... Uh, interact well with other dogs or other humans, and then oh, really? they had a other baby humans. on She's the way. Good with other humans, thank God. Okay, yeah, yeah, and then because um, I think it had attacked like his in laws and stuff like that, and um, and then so he was gutted when he had to give the dog away. I'll never. I remember <laughs> listening to that podcast, man. He was fucking crying like he was gutted, gutted like to give the dog away, and uh, he gave it away to the trainer because they were working with a trainer, but he just couldn't fucking. He couldn't get it, uh, the dog to calm down around him, but the trainer seemed to be able to control the dog very well. And um, it's because they had a baby on the way. And then the trainer regularly w- comes into town where he lives and Bill would hang out with the dog. And they brought it back to his house one day just to go, I wonder how it'll interact with the child kind of a thing, just to test it out. And they let they let the, the daughter up on the couch where the dog used to uh, hang out. So that was the dog spot. Yes. And as soon as the dog saw the child up there, it went, oh my it was like, God. That's why you don't live here. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Becky has shown no aggression towards another human being. 
Well, that's but great. But she hasn't had great. any positive interactions with other dogs. Right, yeah. Which is, I mean, yeah. All dog, We were out for a walk today and there was these two little tiny fucking dogs just going mad at each other. So maybe that's just the normal. Yeah, well, a veterinarian, dogs, you know? a veterinarian told me that uh, to not be disappointed if she never gets great with other dogs, it's not really the end of the world. I mean, you know, I, I, I just leave her on the leash. Actually, to, for me personally, it doesn't matter because... I'm just happy me and Becky and, our, you know, our little thing that we have going on. Yeah, of But course. at the same time, I just feel like she would have a better life if she could have the, you know, play with other dogs. But according to yeah. all the studies, they, they prefer humans anyway. So, but I do, I do get worried that the, the podcast is becoming overwhelmed with, with dog chat, you know? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, people. I think. Have you talked about it yet? I don't know. I think just everyone's happy days that you have some company, well, I've, I've, even if it doesn't make a difference to you whatsoever. I've been doing the click. The I've been doing happy. the click training, but I can't click right now because if I click, then it's confusing for the dog. But what I oh, can do what's is that. I'll show you, Becky. Becky, come, come. So I told her to come. Now she comes. Right up, up. So oh, so. Uh, Good girl. Good girl, Becky, you can't hear me, but well behaved. So even though I had a no couch rule, it's uh, it's kind of out the window. To be honest, I've never had a, a pit bull before, but uh, they're very affectionate. And wow. she loves to just fall asleep on my lap. And sadly or, or happily, it's one of the nicest experiences that you can have, you know? Oh, of course. So it's, anyway, the thing amazing. with the click is that the click is like... It's just a very independent sound because like a lot of people have different triggers. Like, you know, you can say yes because, you know, good girl. The thing is that everybody will say good girl to her. So you need that yeah, independent cool. sound that reinforces positive behavior. So uh, a lot of trainers have begun to use the click. And uh, right. so I started using the click yesterday and I have to say it's great. She stays better now. She definitely comes better. The fucking click will make her come. <laughs> <laughs> want to lick that click <laughs> was a <it> play <laughs> so uh this was a great man for the click now but anyway she uh she's been responding well to the click and the other great thing i think personally for the trainer for me is that the click is just like a fun thing so then you just go okay it's training time let's get the click and nice uh, but yeah she's such a good dog in the house she's she's good on the beach but not great off the leash in that she'll She'll she, she's just gone on my lap now. Like that's it. Now she'll stay here for the entire podcast. Like there's okay. there's not a chance that she will move again now. Wow, uh, cute. So um, on the beach, she come because we did come. She knows the come. Uh, you know she she knows the the come uh, command. But the problem is that she definitely after about four or five, she loses interest and she she wanders. She wandered all the way down the beach on me. Uh, yesterday and encountered another human which was the first time she encountered a, like a, a random human off leash which i was shitting a brick i mean absolutely sure, yeah oh my god dude because like at the end of the day she's a pit bull you know like yeah yeah their yeah. bites are fucking their bites are deadly you know like that yeah. that's that's the fact about you can you can argue all day whether they're more aggressive or more prone to attack but their bites are more deadly you can't argue against that but she just like the guy gave her like a quick pet, and she had you know she's just she she seems to be really good with people. But thank God this guy didn't freak out, you know. I I, I was yeah, apologetic yeah, to him. I was like, listen, I'm sorry. Out. I said I was literally training. I was doing come training. <laughs> I was training her to come, uh, and uh, with with treats on the beach, 
And she was great for five times, and then the sixth time, it was just like gone. And like really just kept going, kept going. Like she definitely went, I'd say a half mile. Wow, shit. And was she running or was she, she just was gone on her own? fast way? enough that like she kept the distance and then I would run for a while and then she would slow down. So I'd slow down because I wanted her to stop running. But she just, she basically kept this consistent distance between us that meant that until she stopped and then luckily eventually she took a shite. <laughs> and when, maybe they, maybe that's what she was panicking about. She needs to go for a shit. She, she's very good at she's very good at pooing. I have to tell you, she's a oh right. She, she uh, as far as weeing and pooing and all that, she's she's been she's been exceptional from the get go. She had a little diarrhea early on after the operation, but her her shits are humongous. So in in the regular shops, I, there was no like doggy, and I ran out of plastic bag. You know, you don't have plastic bags when we were growing up. Like you always had plastic bags to pick up your dog shit. You don't have plastic bags yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah. So then I went into all the shops, and none of them, the regular shops, none of them had uh, you know dog poopy bags. So uh, I eventually got sandwich bags from Seven <laughs> Eleven, but it turns out that a sandwich bag is not big enough for her shit. She her, oh, her shits Jesus. are bigger than a, oh. than a sandwich bag, so uh, that's powerful I, stuff. What are you feeding her? I feed her uh, some some stuff that the, the the shelter recommended a type of food, and I just bought a few bags of it off Amazon. She wasn't great the first couple of days eating, but she's very regular now. And I put olive oil in. She has dry dog food, but I put olive oil in it because uh, she she has flaky skin, which is getting better. I think the olive oil is working. Apparently, olive oil helps them to just get a bit of moisture back in their right skin. So I put a bit of olive oil in it, and uh, her coat's pretty nice now. I have to. I haven't bathed her, but just from I think from the petting, and I gave her a I gave her a brush. Um, I'm pretty happy with her coat, actually. She, they love a brush, don't they? Dogs. Jeez, she she, they she fucking... I think different strokes for different folks, but she she loved. Oh it. right, she loved it. You know. We we had a cocker spaniel that when the brush when my dad took the brush out, <laughs> she would just lie down like you know I'm like good more, to go baby more brushing. <laughs> loved it. Yeah 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 yeah. Like he hadn't, he hadn't even started brushing. As soon as she get he got the brush out, the dog would lie back. You know, go here we go off we go there now. Um, but yeah, my first job ever to to earn my fifty p pocket money down in Middleton and Cork was cleaning the dog shit, and I was cleaning the dog shit like, out of your own house. Yeah, because the dog would shit in the back garden. So uh, yeah. it was just like... That was Aiden's job. Yeah. <laughs> that, But that was like... I, I was always baffled. I used to give, give out to the dog all the time. This is a big golden Labrador. He was a big, big fucker. He was actually... His dad was a, a St. Bernard and his mother was a Labrador. So he was a big lad, you know. But uh, I was always giving out. Like, I don't know. He'd have one meal a day, but he'd have three shits a day. I just never... The mind fucking boggled. But yeah, yeah Becky shits with a bucket in Spain. At least twice, sometimes yeah. three. Sometimes in that middle of the day walk, she takes a shit. But yeah. Aiden was uh yeah. Aiden was was the was the poo guy. So we we used to call him Pooh Man, but we tried to make it seem like he was a superhero so that he would be excited about Pooh Man. About doing the job. Yeah, so you've <laughs> yeah. never seen him tell that story about Pooh Man? No, I've missed that. That's a good one though. Yeah, so Aiden has <laughs> a, a joke, but it's a totally true story about the fact that when we were kids uh, you know, we gave Aiden the job of picking up the poo, and they'd be like, "Aiden, come on, it's time for Poo Man, Poo Man to the rescue!" And then Aiden, Aiden would go, "Oh, sorry, too too much talk about poo." He got excited. She got excited. But uh, all right, <laughs> the, so it's like uh, Aiden, this is a job for Poo Man, you know. 
And uh, so Aiden just quickly tells a story about about being Poo Man, but then he just gets on with the rest of his jokes and uh, doesn't really lets you forget about it. But then he does some jokes about looking after my dad. Uh, uh-huh. You know, at the end, it's tough. At the end, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you have to do. You know, like and uh, my dad was so constipated. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, by the way, Aiden, in, when he tells his poo man story, he always says that I would put on my cape and go outside and pick up the poo, you know? <laughs> so then my dad was constipated one time and my mother wasn't comfortable putting uh, the suppository up my dad's arse. <laughs> right. So she was like, Aiden, do you think you can do this? So Aiden says, so I put on my cape because I knew this was a job for poo man. <laughs> <laughs> poo man to the rescue. Very good. <laughs> And now, sadly, oh, my dad is up there with Scruffy. Scruffy was the uh, was the dog that provided all that poo for Pooh Man back in the day. But my dad and Scruffy are united up in heaven. And uh, you what know, kind of a dog was Scruffy? Like a miniature English sheepdog, like like a mutt basically. But he had like he looked right. like the Deluxe dog, but he was a he was a mini version. Oh right, 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 cool. So he had that cool. kind of sheep, like English sheepdog. You know, the Deluxe dog coat. Yeah, but yeah. a kind of a, just a like average size terrier size, and probably had had a bit of a terrier head. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's great! And this is in Flushing, Queens. This was in Flushing, Queens, forty seven zero one one eighty eight Street. Now owned by a family from Fujian, but I think that they are they're renting it out. They're from China. Uh, All right. Okay. As our as our uh, as are most people in Flushing, Queens nowadays. Well, 2. I actually 6. happen to be watching Flushing. I happened to be watching Flushing Queens yesterday on YouTube because you know the um, chef slash rapper Action Bronson. Yeah, he's from Flushing. Action Bronson. I, yeah, I yeah. noticed that you you posted something on your Instagram. Yeah, he's off his head. <laughs> Great character, that guy, man. Well, I went to I went to one of his gigs last summer here in um, the Academy. And it was great. And like all the food stuff that he's into, the food world that he's into as well, I I love. But what a character. Yeah, yeah. But the episode I was watching of him, he does a show called Fuck That's Delicious. And he was in Queens in this big park where there was loads of Colombians just cooking street food and just playing football. And it looked amazing. It looked great. Yeah, I wonder what park that was. Probably Flushing Meadow Park, maybe. But yeah, yeah, that's Jackson Heights probably he was in. And uh, that's the great thing about Queens. Queens is the most culturally diverse place on the planet. Uh, oh really wow yeah yeah but sadly one of the reasons why queens is the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak is because you have a lot of immigrants from latin america uh, and they tend to be on lower socioeconomic status and tend to live in multi-generational homes so the spread is is spread is quicker there so that's why elmhurst yes so elmhurst hospital where a lot of the early footage of how bad it was in new york came out of that would have been very near where action bronson was doing that was doing the right, in the okay. park uh, eating the Colombian food, which by the way I love Colombian food. They do the fried plantains and the rice and beans yes. and the different ways that they do like skirt steak and stuff. It's really it's really good. Yeah, they do like em- empanadas as well, kind of similar to the empanadas that they have in Argentina as well. It's like uh, mm. yeah, it looked amazing, but it looked like great fun. Like people playing. That's what they do on a Sunday. Is they all go to this huge park, stuff their faces, dancing. There's always music. They're playing football. They're playing volleyball. It was like. Must have been a cool place to grow up. Well, well, first of all, it wasn't like that. That, that I'm assuming that was Flushing Meadow Corona Park, which uh, is kind of on the border between Flushing and Corona Queens. The Corona Queens is 
the beginning of Roosevelt Avenue. Well, well, Flushing Queens, the beginning of Roosevelt Avenue, but Roosevelt Avenue becomes quite, uh, you know, way more culturally diverse. Uh, Flushing Main Street's totally Chinese. Then you go uh, over the Roosevelt Avenue Bridge, you pass like the UST, you pass the US Open, and then you end up in Corona, where it begins to be quite sort of Mexican, Colombian. And then into Jackson Heights, you know, and, and all the Central America. And Jackson Heights also has a huge Indian community. So it, it just the, the diversity pumps up pretty quick. We didn't grow up around that much diversity. Uh, it was way more just normal sort of white middle class kind of neighborhood. It's way more diverse nowadays. Uh, but Roosevelt Avenue right, was always yeah. quite diverse. So I didn't grow up around the people playing soccer in the park. I mean, we were a soccer family. And a lot of our neighbors were into soccer because they were like Italian immigrants' children. But in general, you see a lot more just like casual football play nowadays than you did when we were growing up. It's it's way more right. Okay. It's 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 way. Anyway, long story short, I didn't grow up around that. <laughs> in fact, a lot of people that I grew up with would still to this day have a disdain for that cultural diversity and it's uh, oh, really? prominent right. wow. and it's prominent display. We were always a family that embraced all that, but Eastern Queens wouldn't be a place where some people would celebrate that. In fact, most of them have moved out because of it. Sadly. Oh, wow. Sadly. Wow, shit. Okay. And and I mean, but the, but they're obviously that's funny, isn't it? Cuz they're obviously immigrants themselves as well, aren't they're they? They're the children generation. of immigrants, bro, but it's all yeah. to do with you know, the the concept that European... Well, yeah, and European immigrants were different, you know? Even though it's the oh, same yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. you know? But anyway, whatever. Yeah, we won't yeah, get yeah. into that, bro. Yeah. The funny there thing is now. that somebody... Yesterday, I, I said something on my story about pasta. And a few people were like, you sound like Trump when you say that. And I was like, <laughs> well, I grew up 2.6 miles from where where Trump grew up. So it's no surprise that every now and then I might have a bit of a Trump accent. I mean, he's literally just a key. I mean, he grew up in the, the Queens that I'm talking about, which perhaps yeah. will help you to understand what I've just said. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, now I get you. Now you got it all over there. Now, his neighborhood was a little fancy Jamaica State spot. Okay. My, you know, that's where my dad got the subway. My mother would drop my dad to the F train, 179th Street. Uh, and you pass basically, essentially the block that Trump grew up on. But, you know, we didn't know that back in the day. I, we actually knew growing up that Trump had grown up there because he was Donald Trump, the the tycoon or the, the wannabe yes, tycoon. Yes, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, nowadays, I guess it and has, dad, it has you, more influence. Your dad was getting the... Tr- yeah, yeah. And your dad was getting the... Tr- did your, your dad worked in Ralph Lauren, isn't it? No, Burberry. But it was Burberry. Burberry, sorry. Burberry's back then, you know? Uh, so anyway, okay. Steve, let's and, talk about something else. Let's talk about something else quick. <laughs> Did you get any responses to your uh, your question? Is it acceptable to kick a football back and forth with a with a dis- with a neighbor yes. at a distance? Because I'm definitely I'm definitely more on the on the conservative side with all this kind of stuff. I'm like, no, nobody should be leaving the fucking house and blah blah. Like, I'm I'm kind of a bit like that. And we walk when we go for walks, we walk down the middle of the road, and I want to keep the you know uh, everyone away. But like, I, I'm noticing that like I'm not going to name names here, but neighbors are having visitors and like they're drinking out in the front door but keeping two meters distance and i'm like i think that's kind of (laughs) we're not supposed to be fucking doing that like that's not essential travel and shit like that but i was asked today to go and kick a ball in the park um with a friend and i just didn't you know i was thinking well technically that is exercise we are keeping social distancing but i don't know if it's uh if it's right or wrong what was the consensus on instagram well, so far, because I only put up that long ago, I've got um, 
strong opinions from either side. Like, mm. from one side, it's like, I should be grand. Should be, once you're kicking it, but once the ball is clean, you know, you'll be grand, you know. <laughs> to other people going, absolutely fucking not. No way. Absolutely not. That is not necessary, you know. Yeah, that's so, the thing. But I I, I see that my, my local coffee shop in Rialto is opening back up for takeaway coffee. Are they, are they, what, what's causing, what's causing people, is, is uh, yeah i don't i don't know um um yeah i don't know i think i i noticed some other i think there might be a few places on the dl are open doing takeaway coffee and stuff like that um but to be honest with you it's one of these things that i'm a little bit ignorant to because i've literally i haven't left the two kilometer radius of my house and the few times where i do go to Excuse me. When I do go down to the shop, I do notice for me it's a little bit busy out in the street, and there's a little bit too many cars going out. But I'm not going out, and I'm not going out in general, so I don't n- notice if people are doing things all the time that they shouldn't be. So I think now the difficulty is it, the fucking weather is cracking. It's yes, like, it's gorgeous. But also over here because the, the curve has been flattened, the question is what level of lockdown is necessary, right? Mm. And there's talk. The, the conversation at the moment is that it won't go back to normal, normal until there's a vaccine. That's the talk. Yeah, yeah, we get all that chat too. But in terms of, in terms of say, let's say there's five levels of coming off the strict lockdown that Ireland has. Yeah. yeah. Is the next level being able to get a takeaway coffee and being able to go back to walking at a social distance with your friend that lives in Black Rock? Is yeah because like, right now you've extended the very intense one of cops stopping you in your yes. car and saying uh where are you going you're still on that until may 1st isn't that right may the 5th if i'm not mistaken i i've heard i think it's may the 5th or something like that but anyway um so it's still another couple of weeks which away, is a, yeah. which is amazing because 700 people died yesterday in new york and they're talking about how we're gonna get <laughs> They're they're talking about how we're gonna ease up on the lockdown, which by the way never got as strict as Ireland was. Like right, right now, okay. right now the lockdown that I'm on is basically what I'm trying to say. Ireland will be heading towards on May the fifth. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because the right, acai okay. place, the fucking acai bowl place in West Hampton is still open. And on their front door, it has a sign that says, this business has been deemed an essential business. Please keep social distancing while you're inside. So you And you're allowed to sit in and eat? No, no. Just take away. Okay, just take away. Yeah, okay. But it's, yeah, but it's, it's a, a fucking the chip, acai. 
It's an acai yeah, bowl. Yeah, I know. Place. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, hear the the, chi- the chippers have never closed here. <laughs> oh, they haven't closed, and, no, and no. people are going to pick up uh, takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The t- I think the takeaway is as, as busy as ever. There's the the bigger chain ones that that kind of it's essential to sit in. They have all closed, but like the lo- my local chippers around here, they're all open, and um, they're all still going. Uh, yeah. So why you know? So why wouldn't uh, a takeaway coffee place open up? Yeah, I think that will probably be the be the next. I level mean, my of only thinking on that is if if say Daddy's in Rialto can shout out to Daddy's can open up, which I think they're doing for takeaway coffee only. How much risk is being you know how much spread risk is caused by that versus how good is it that essentially three to four people are back working. You know, not to mention, perhaps they make just enough income to not have to close down forever. So that 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 is that that is the balance of how much minimal commerce can you get going to help just a small amount of small businesses keep their heads above yeah. water. I'm asking the question. I'm not saying uh, I think it's good or bad, but I'm I, I would lean on the side of. If a chipper can stay open, then a takeaway coffee spot, if they're responsible, should also be able to stay open for people that are walking within two kilometers. So basically that general area for people when they go out on their walks that they could perhaps grab a takeaway flat white. And is that okay? I I don't know. But I would would have thought that that is definitely at least the next level. I think yeah, I think so. And like even even like our local, we have a local off license here that kind of does very um, doesn't do mainstream alcohol. It would do like natural wines and more craft beer type stuff and very select type type stuff. So this definitely has its own fan club kind of a thing. Very small place, but they from day one and they're still open. Uh, have a very strict queuing one person in the shop at the time there's a person on the door in charge of the door and there's a person on the till and that's it and they kind of they kind of move you along quickly when you go inside but that would probably be the way of it um that's probably the next level of it and and they'll let certain people go back to work maybe like my brother works in trail finders a big like um holiday cooking company so maybe they'll let them go back to the office and um they're they're allowed to the office, but maybe not customers coming in. I I don't know, but that's they'll start to alleviate those types of things because he's working at home some days slash not working at all. So I think those types of works will start to come back in. Those places of work will start to come back in, and this and and they'll lift the two kilometer thing because that's a big deal. That's a you know it would be nice to get out of the fucking two kilometer zone. It's been a while, so I think they'll they'll lift yeah. that. But once it's your smart as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice. I mean, I guess I guess it's quite easy to monitor if... Well, if the problem is that if there was proper testing, if it was easy yes, to get a yeah. test, it would be very easy to monitor how much of an increase is happening and also how much of an increase is acceptable versus the mm. benefits that you get for a, for, a, for a small opening of society. Yeah. You know, and if, yeah. if you were able to analyze that data in terms of having the testing and all that, then I feel like you can have a somewhat ordered sort of you know, ten to twenty percent of businesses getting back to normal. Yeah, I also have you seen what's going on in what, what's that in Sweden? Well, they they never have you seen what's going on in Sweden. I, I, early on, I noticed that Sweden wasn't really doing much of a shutdown. What, what where is that at now? Do you know? It's at the moment. It's still the same. I haven't heard anything updated. But they're basically and 
they're basically observing social distancing, but they're leaving everything open. But that's the kind of, like, I saw some interviews with people in the street in Stockholm and stuff like that, and they were, like, going, yeah, well, I think Swedish people (laughs) in general, we kind of just get on with it, you know, and we do what we're told a little bit more. We're happy to go with what it is that's been set out. So that's kind of just a different mindset. They're very much of... Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a whole cultural study that you can do about that. They have a lot of government trust. They're very invested in the government, you know, because they have, like, high taxation but really good services. So yeah. there's, there is a sense of being invested, a good sense of yeah. community spirit. There's also a lot of stuff to do with the amount of people that live alone in Stockholm. So there's all sorts of factors that have allowed Stockholm to have uh, success with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. You know, it also could be because I had read that, you know, Germany has a really low death rate. And one of the factors they said was that a lot of the initial people that had Corona in Germany were people that got it skiing and Ishkel and that so you yeah. end up with a lot of young victims uh who are just quite healthy some of them probably didn't even know that they had it so you just end up right. like not a lot of death but then you know once it spreads how is that a factor i don't know but anyway i i i, I i'll be curious to see the studies um on sweden because you can't say that um everybody should have done that because the uk tried to do that and it was disastrous yeah and also like th- uh, yeah, of course it was disaster, especially in somewhere like London. It's just there's no comparison. It's so dense. Some of the boroughs in London are so densely populated, like Hackney. I lived in in Hackney. Like most of my mates there got got the virus because it's just you know they would just ignore it and they get on with life as per usual. And I saw a a, a picture of Broadway Market one day, which is this like open yeah, food sure. marketplace, no, well. and it's just. Like fucking, it was rammed, absolutely rammed. People paying no attention know, to what's rammed with fucking so, wankers as well. Hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> I no used to. I used to people st- now to be getting. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry, you used to live around there, did you? Yeah, yeah. Long time. Long story. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking but, Broadway um, Market used to drive me insane. You know, because just I know. Just, yeah. It's don't a very get me wrong. Type like, of person. A, a very specific type of person <laughs> who believes way too much in the importance of whatever design gig that they have. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because it's obviously that's the the vibe of that place all the way down the years because I would live there what, around that and kind of that was my hangout around area for between 2014 to 2018 uh, or whatever like that. And uh, and so you were there obviously well before that and it was still the same. I was there in the early days that the, 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 the burgeoning hipster community of uh, of Hackney. But um, yeah, anyway, I mean, it'll be an interesting debate. I mean, I'd be curious to see what they say about Sweden. I'd be curious to see what happens here because, I mean, America's fucking opening up, man. Like, you know, without even without the testing. So it'll be interesting to see. Really? What, uh, Shit. So, the, so, so they're just going back now, right? Wow. Well, the, not yet. But I mean, the, you know, that's, 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 the way, that's the way it's going, you know. That's what Trump wants yeah. to do. And they're going to do it without the testing. So we'll see, you know. We'll, we'll see. It definitely... It, it definitely feels out of all the countries, not all of them, but like all the ones we're talking about. Anyway, UK, Ireland, US, and even like Ireland has pretty been pretty conservative about the whole thing. Yeah, Ireland's been good, man. But you know, but but, the, yeah. but I think a lot of that has to do with the fear that the health service would have been overwhelmed. Which thank God that it didn't totally. happen. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the thing is that Ireland would not have been able to handle the percentage of people being as like the percentage of people that got sick in New York. You know, because Ireland has about uh, uh, New York City 
the greater New York area has, I guess, about twice the population of New York, possibly two and a half, or, uh, twice the population of Ireland. So Ireland, yeah. If if that amount of people got sick in Ireland, um, the Irish healthcare system wouldn't have been able to deal with it. You know, the Amer- the New York healthcare yeah. system with the added stuff that they put on was able to deal with it. You know. Hmm. And there you go. That's that. That's why it's it's different in it's different in all the different countries. There has to be a different um, approach in in all the different countries because yeah, we our health service is so shit, so shit here. But the Swedes are like, yeah, <laughs> we're all right. We got good hospitals, you know. Uh, and Germany seems to have done a good job as well. So we'll see. Different strokes. Yeah, different man. Strokes. Well, you know, honestly, the countries that seem to have done the best seem to be the countries that have the best social services and social supports like sweden germany new zealand the other scandinavian countries i mean they've had various levels of terms of death and stuff but they they've all done really well you know and new zealand Mm. has done exceptionally Mm. well and they're they're starting to uh they're starting to um ease up just a touch and i think they let the drive-throughs open again uh actually just the last thing on that because i thought this was pretty interesting is that the countries that have done the best all have female uh leaders did you see that report absolutely i fucking i fucking told you that's the missus <laughs> well no but i, did, I didn't see it didn't see that report no but i think it's interesting on two levels well one it just brings up the debate of are there certain female qualities that suit leadership at a time like this which is which is a fun discussion to have but i think mm. i think it brings up something else which is a society that's willing and open to having a female leader you know because Obviously, Margaret Thatcher was a female leader too. You know, <laughs> people always yeah, yeah, people exactly. always kind of exclude f- people. Always yeah, forget forget about Thatcher. <laughs> like, and what a fucking asshole she was. <laughs> she, what an absolute c word. But like, <laughs> but, uh, but 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 what I do think is that there is elements of a society that's open to to having a female leader that that mm. I that I think show uh, you know like perhaps like evolved thinking, progressive society. Uh, and, and and so a society like that is probably more inclined to have a good outcome in this situation because perhaps they're more open to, uh, you know, uh, cooperation. Um, yes. You know, believing in in in, you know, the the betterment of society. Blah blah blah. So I just think I just think there are elements of why there are female leaders that are just as important as were the female leaders better. I think both of those things combined have led yeah, to good totally. outcomes. You know. Yeah, and that, I have to say, and I've like embarrassingly i've forgotten her name now but the prime minister of new zealand is amazing like what a leader she's just been like world world like ever since the the attacks happened on the the mosques in christchurch she's just been next level just pure um i'd love to know what her own personal philosophy is or if she's like personal religious beliefs or something or what is it that drives her but she's been absolutely amazing and so caring and forward thinking and all about us together and ah fantastic leader it makes a big difference i mean it helps that she has you know like that new zealand society is is very much it's easy to be that you know it's almost like a good political play but that's not to diminish how how good she is you know I mean, she's been amazing. Yeah. I think Angela Merkel doesn't get half enough credit for the shit she's had to do with yeah, over the last great. decade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was like out the door for allowing these refugees to come in and just like never, mm. you know, never got overwhelmed. And like, luckily, yeah. she was still there. She she was close to being gone. And luckily, she's been there for this. I mean, she's just so solid, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She absolutely. doesn't get half and enough credit. And when you think about it, 
you know, because I just watched Caliphate, right? Uh, which is well, what's that? I don't know. Amazing that Netflix series. Okay, I got to check. But that it out. just reminded me of the intensity of that crisis, the ISIS crisis, and I mean, it was a real thing, you know, and it was a real fear. Mm. But wasn't it amazing just how? much talk there was back in those days about being taken over by Muslims and Europe's under attack and all that stuff was super serious, but there was such a move towards as if we needed to take these drastic measures against Muslims. And now it's like, it's not even on our, it's not even on our minds that much. And it's just amazing yeah, yeah. to watch Caliphate because it was so fucking crazy. The, the, the Islamic state, the actual country, this, the Caliphate, was what what in what an insane time in history and and now it's gone i mean i'm sure something else like it will pop up again in terms of like another crisis of of you know fundamentalist terrorism but just to think how drastic people wanted to take action and how irrelevant it is now it just goes to show that like calm heads are so important and that's why merkel absolutely you know people merkel was like completely dismissed like hated by the far right in germany like she she will go down in history as having dealt with some serious shit. And to add this to it... Oh, totally. She deserves a lot of yeah. credit. I know all the fucking... Absolutely. A lot of the fucking... The bros will hate me for this, you know? Because a lot of people love hating on Merkel. You know, you remember all these videos going around about, like, mass rapes and shit like that? You know, just, like, all this stuff yes. that just becomes a fact in people's minds. In fact, yeah, I know yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll probably get a comment now being like, oh, you're in denial about the shit that went down. And I'm no doubt one or two bad things went down. But... One or two bad things then become as if it's just like a constant thing. Like people are walking around constantly in fear, uh, you know, worried about being gang raped by a bunch of fucking refugees. Like it just wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's it, how, how media works on fear and how, how the, the national conversation or the international conversation operates around fear is ridiculous. I mean, whatever happened, everyone forgot about Al Qaeda all of a sudden, you know. They were, they were a great group, but, you know, ISIS came along and. ISIS came wipe along, them. just wiped them out, man. It's all the same <laughs> shit. Yeah, anyway, yeah. bro, let's not get too serious. Absolutely. We've had, a, we've, had a, we've had a fine, thorough discussion here on today's episode. Good crack. Great to have Becky along on the, on the episode. That's right. Becky's gone again. She popped up twice like a little jack-in-the-box. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, I say, I think maybe for the lockdown, because like, I know you want to trim your beard, but I kind of want to see what it looks like if you really let, it, fluffy, let it go. Man. I, I, I don't have a desire to have a big beard. I know. You know? Sure. Maybe the punters do. That's your next nah, poll just, in, I'm on happy, Instagram. I'm happy to have a fluffy head. I'll go full <laughs> fluff on the head, but I'm not going to keep my, my beard. Plus, you know, if I start to get more of a tan, I don't want to end up with like a... That's true. Underneath look like whiteness, like fucking, Trump's eyelids, you know? Yeah. Tom Hanks, Castaway or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's it, Steve. Uh you know, at, uh, you still doing it at uh, Hello Steve O podcast? Hello Steve O podcast is probably good crack the other day talking about what to be at. Oh, housemates. Yeah, yeah. So loads of people are uh, messaging about their good, bad, and ugly stories about housemates down the year. So that was great crack and good conversation. So, yeah, it's, it's good fun. Hello Steve O podcast on all the, the usual places, the usual podcast places. And uh, I'm going to try to get a few more comedians on because uh, we had Mike Cannon on the shift and it works out really well on the Zoom call. So I'll try to get... Nice. Would you do a three-way if I got somebody else? Should we try it out? Oh, yeah, of course. All right, I'll, oh, try, to yeah. get, I'll, try, to get a, I'll try to get a third person in the mix, see how we do. What about Joanne? Is Joanne going to come on? I don't know. All? I mean, I, you know, she, she, she doesn't seem that keen. I got to, you know... I just feel... It's fucking high, man. Well, well, I have to keep checking, you know, like, so I, 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 you know, I feel like it's up to her, really, you know? Yeah, yeah. Joanne, come on for the crack. 
And how's Katie doing? She all good? Oh, Katie's fine. Yeah, Katie's over there. Katie's over there on the shift. We got a shout out on the Sean O'Rourke show. So, uh, oh, amazing. Katie is Katie in Ireland or is she no? In Katie's the in Astoria, Queens, isolating with her. Uh, okay, isolating with her flatmate. And uh, right. so that's the crack, man. Let's go. I'll talk to you. Uh, cool. I'll talk to you soon. Amazing. Chat to you soon, man. Take care. All right. Peace out, y'all. 